In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, listeners, Jeff Zimfer. Welcome to this episode of Mortgage Marketing Radio. So glad you're here. And on this episode, I am featuring James Robert Lay. He is the CEO at Digital Growth Institute, and he's on a mission. He's on a mission to simplify digital marketing so banks, credit unions, you, a mortgage loan officer, can grow. So we are talking about right the convergence of digital change and disruption and displacement, and how do we survive and thrive in the coming shifts that are happening in the mortgage space with regards to technology. So on this episode, you know, um, James spends a lot of time working with um, financial institutions, banks, and so forth on mapping out their, um, you know, the process for the customer experience, right? Both from the point of lead generation to engagement to um, during the process and then post-close transactions. So we just talk about really just have a kind of a great organic conversation. And how do you become a modern mortgage professional today, right? How do you integrate technology in a way that engages the user and positions you as relevant and helpful, right? Or as we say in the interview, right? Stop selling, start helping. And what I love about this is that we talk about on this session about how the consumer expectations, the benchmarks have changed and who's driving that change today for how you engage with a brand online. And those are companies like Amazon, Google, right? Yes, Rocket Mortgage and others, right? When you look about the what technology does is enable the ease of use, if you will, is the promise, the ease of engagement and interaction. And so how do we then duplicate that and how do we deliver that when it comes to being a, a modern mortgage professional? That's what we're going to talk about here. Um, on this episode. So hope you enjoy the show. If you like so, please uh, let us know, leave a review, check out links to uh, James Robert Lay and his uh, company, the Digital Growth Institute. And you'll find links to his uh, company in the show notes at digitalgrowth.com. And with that said, let's get into this week's show. Hey, James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's my pleasure. So real quick, 
let's do a quick backgrounder. Aside from the formal interview I do, tell us what you do in the mortgage banking space. And more importantly, why do you do it, man? At Digital Growth Institute, we're on a mission to simplify digital marketing. Uh, we want to help banks, credit unions uh, grow, uh, generate 10 times more loans, 10 times more deposits, 10 times more new accounts. 10 times. That's that's an aggressive number. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I like do it. A bit. How, do you, how do you do that for people? Uh, we do it through digital marketing strategy and training. And then uh, sometimes we help our clients actually implement those strategies and optimize them over time. Okay. All right. So digital marketing, right? It's a hot topic. It's uh, on top of mind. As you know, my listening audience is mostly, you know, retail uh, mortgage loan originators, uh, some managers and executives listening as well. But uh, let's face it, everybody's kind of aware of this influx of technology. Um, There's people who are struggling, I think, in some degrees uh, to adopt technology and integrate it into their overall process, particularly when you evaluate, you know, most of uh, the mortgage originators are 50 plus, right? Right. So it's not um, necessarily second skin for us. But here's what I think. You know, and I talked about this before the other day is um, let's come at it from this angle first. Um, what does the, the retail mortgage originator need to be aware of moving forward if they want to stay relevant and be considered as a, a viable choice in today's world? I think the biggest thing is that the world has changed people have changed and technology is driving that change to where people have more options now than they have ever had before when it comes to say applying for a mortgage mm-hmm. they people are in control mm-hmm. of that buying journey um, and we must be prepared to help guide them along that journey because it's a stressful process it's very complicated it's very confusing and people are just looking for someone that they can trust for someone that they can can help guide them to a better, bigger, brighter future. So if people are, now you said a couple of things that's interesting in there. Um, and essentially, I think what you're, what you're talking about there is that the, the buyer is in control today, right? Yep. Um, like in some of the branding classes I do for real estate agents, we talk about the um, old versus new rules of marketing, right? The old rules are you went and found a customer. Today, mm-hmm. people find you. That's, yes. what, that's what you're saying. So people go online, they start this journey, they're, they're consuming content from a variety of sources and so forth. What are some, if you would, best practices for the mortgage originator today who's listening to this, who maybe doesn't have a strong presence online digitally? Facebook, kind of, kind of, you know, eh, not much there. People are looking for some direction, right? Where do I start? I think it starts with mindset. And what I mean by that is, is being open to break free from legacy thinking, legacy systems, and adopting a growth mindset to, to where that... I can do this. Um, I can change my behavior and I can position myself as a helpful guide. And for someone who has experience in this industry up to this point, they have viewed themselves as the hero in, in this narrative. But today you cannot have two heroes in any narrative structure. The consumer in their own mind, they're the hero and they're just looking for someone to help them. And so the mortgage originator needs to take on a much more important role, in my opinion, than the hero, which is that of the, of the guide, like an Obi-Wan Kenobi guiding Luke or a, a Mr. Miyagi guiding Danielson. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that, that to you because it's funny. You mentioned that to me the other day. And, and in full disclosure for my listening audience, right, being a former uh, loan originator, I thought, hey, man, that's me. I'm the hero, right? But you pointed out so succinctly that no, 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 you're not the hero um, in the sense that your job is the guide, right? And to, to help them navigate. And it shouldn't be about you necessarily. It's more about them. 
Yeah. And that requires, once again, new mindset. It's empathy. It's, it's being understanding. Cause I think anytime like we can be totally caught off guard by the curse of knowledge, mm-hmm. we know all of this stuff. We know how this mortgage process works forwards and backwards. Uh, we could do this in our sleep, but for someone who does this, maybe two, three, four times in their life, um, it's very complicated. It's very overwhelming. And one of the things to remember from an empathetic point of view is that the only way to escape the complexity of the mortgage process is through a journey of simplicity. Hmm. Okay. So what does that look like in the real world of journal, a journey of simplicity is, is applying for and getting a mortgage easier than it was before? Well, we, we look at things like Rocket Mortgage um, mm-hmm. and how they have positioned that, quote unquote, the eight minute mortgage. But I think what Rocket has really done is just some slick branding, marketing, positioning. Um, they're addressing the specific questions and concerns that a person has, mm-hmm. and then they're offering a solution to a better future. Now, how can we apply this thinking of simplicity for, for a mortgage originator looking to go down this own journey themselves? Um, start by mapping out what that journey looks like every step of the way from the time that someone say maybe Googles or goes on Facebook, sees an ad. The key to consumer journey mapping is this. Think these three questions. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And then how will you help me get there to the next step? Hmm. And when you start to put this out on a piece of paper or a whiteboard, you can quickly identify where gaps are in the journey today and the steps that you can take, whether it be content, whether it be an ad, whether it be technology to help begin to bridge those gaps and move that consumer through the buying journey, through awareness, then to consideration and then onwards towards purchase. And then it, it, the journey just doesn't end there because like with Rocket Mortgage, for example, they, they, they've made it slick. They've made that process very easy to apply, but it's still a 30-day process on average for them to you know close the loan. But what Rocket has done is they've, They've been well versed in the communication where I think, you know, I've applied. Now what? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what would be some examples then? We're not rocket mortgage, right? Um, what would be some ways that you're on the streets, mortgage originator can map out, uh, provide milestones, uh, guideposts, right, along the way on that journey, whether that's different types of content, et cetera? What do you kind of suggest there? Yeah, so just kind of talking through this off the top of my head. Um, yeah. We have Facebook ad. Um, maybe it's a LinkedIn ad. We're wanting to work our LinkedIn connections. Maybe it's we have uh, contacts with local realtors. So we get a lead, a prospect in. And so they're in the awareness stage. They've identified, they raised their hand. Now they're moving to the stage of consideration. And that's where technology comes into play to really nurture those relationships over, say, a 20, 30, 40, 50 day time period uh, so that we can position ourselves as that guide. And so during this time period of nurturing, maybe we're sending them uh, helpful articles, resources. Maybe it's the video that a mortgage originator might be producing and sharing, say on YouTube or on Facebook, but it's just something to help differentiate themselves in the sea of noise, in the sea of sameness. Mm. And a lot of that comes through not selling and saying, are you ready to close? You know, ready to apply? It's Hey, these are the things that you need to think about. These are common questions. I think one of the best ways to do that is just to sit down and almost kind of write out all the questions that you've ever been asked in the home buying process Mm -hmm. and then either create written content or even now video content like you and I are doing 
yeah. uh, to answer these questions and get ahead of what some of these might be for someone. Yeah. And, and it's interesting when I hear you say that, and we're talking about technology, of course, the, the audience is so diverse because some, some people have these awesome CRMs, some people don't. Obviously, you and I get the power and recognize the, the, the value of a CRM because that can automate a lot of that. So it oh. takes you out of the loop. But what I'm thinking is for my listeners, right, is to your point about the video, um, there are various, like you said, where do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Was that the first two? Exactly. And how will you help me get there? How we get there? Yeah. So think about that in the context of that. And how can you map out different milestone points along the way? Video, it could be as simple as you tell me if this makes sense. Very simple example. But um, you've got a series of emails set up and in that is a link to a YouTube video that has yeah. that milestone. That's exactly right. And I would actually kind of and I'm not trying to get too technical with this, but YouTube is a great starting point. Yeah. But instead of YouTube, one of the technology platforms that could tie into a CRM-like platform, say like a HubSpot or a Salesforce, is a platform called Wistia. Yeah. And the reason Wistia is that you could actually then affirm whether or not someone watched that video, how much that video did they watch. And then based upon that viewing behavior, then the next follow-up would be A or B. Right, right. Yeah, I like that. So Wistia, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's a video hosting platform. Uh, but of course, it gives you some analytics to, to give you um, some insights into that. And another tool that's popular in our industry, I think you've heard of it is uh, BombBomb video. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I think video today, it's, I mean, even just within the last three, four, five years, mm-hmm. it has become much easier to set up uh, and to shoot a video and, and it, we're not talking tens of thousands of dollars. Um, yeah. well, webcam, clearly this, this production is not tens of thousands of dollars. Exactly. And, <laughs> and what, and, and, and to your point, whenever we were first getting started, it's about the content, right? Right. Exactly. It's about the help. That's the, yeah. that's the key point. And, and how do you answer the question? Cause I'm sure you deal with people like, Oh, I don't want to be on video. I don't like how I look on video. How do you over help them overcome that? I think it's just getting used to this new way of communicating mm-hmm. because there's three ways to communicate. There's the written word, mm-hmm. then there's audio, mm-hmm. but video brings a whole new level of communication because right. it's, you can see, you can hear, look at the body language, the personality, yeah, emotion. Uh, them exactly the humanity of this. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the key principles that we believe with digital marketing, it's not about the technology. It's about using the mediums of technology to bring people together. Mm-hmm. Um, because people buy from people they trust. Yeah. That's an old sales, you know, motto. It's been around forever. Yeah. yeah. It's just but it's how true. we build that trust today right. is, is through, through the digital means, the technology. Yeah, well, it's like I say, video is the next best thing to be in there, right? Exactly. Steal that old AT&T line when it was phone was the next best thing to be in there. No longer. It's video. And you raise a point there about video because of all the modalities you can see, feel, you can get a sense. You can actually build trust on video, which is um, impossible to do otherwise, right, to the degree you can with video. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's written word, audio, then video. And the video is like the highest premium. I mean, I've seen even like uh, some mortgage originators with the clients that we're working with, like say maybe banks or credit unions, as part of their follow-up nurturing process, they shoot like with BombBomb, they shoot these short little clips that are almost kind of like on the fly. And then they just embed that or link that embed within an email. And it's just to a whole new level. Like, Hey, I tried to call you. 
Uh, I got your voicemail. Um, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. So it's almost like a video voicemail now. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I think about video as well is, um, really you said this earlier and I'm just looking at my notes down here. You said, um, we are benchmarking against rocket mortgage as far as the, you know, the level of, if you will, user experience. Yeah. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. And it's not just rocket mortgage. It's Amazon. Ah. It's any yes. digital retailer, it's yeah. the Apple experience, uh, the exp- the consumer, the customer, the, and there's really type of th- what I would call define as three different experiences. You have the the customer experience, mm. so that's someone that's you know, those already customers of ours. We're kind of nurturing or onboarding them right. in that process. Right. Then we have the user experience, which is kind of the digital experience of you know the entire way. But then we have the experience, the LX, the lead experience. Mm. And these different types of experiences, those expectations are being set outside of a world that we can control. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, what is it? Uh, mm-hmm. Google, Facebook, Amazon, Apple. Um, yeah. Are really yeah. The big four right there. Right. And so and let's face it, pretty much everybody on the planet integrates with those companies at one time or another. And assuming it's a good experience, um, that is kind of the new benchmark in terms of what that user experience is like across. Think about the success of like Amazon Prime and how easy it is to order. So that's why this whole digital drive towards right better user experience, et cetera. And think about what an experience is. Mm. An experience is nothing more than a process that has been well-defined, mm-hmm. first and foremost, but then refined and optimized over time. Yeah, and That's why one of the, my recommendations is you go back and you review this process that you have at a minimum once a year, but I would say twice a year. And if you have the time every 90 days, just to look for these areas of improvement to just take, you know, kind of stair-step this. And take this up to the next level. What do you suggest people do in terms of you know surveying their audience, getting real feedback, and things like that? Critical, mm-hmm. and that's that's the beauty of digital um, is we can make changes almost in, on the fly in real time. I wouldn't recommend that, particularly yeah. if you're just first getting started. But think about like Net Promoter Score. That question, yeah. Mm-hmm. How likely are you to re, you know refer me, refer us to a friend or family member based upon the experience that you've had? That's a vanity question. And because people will give you an eight, nine, 10, or, or, or lower, depending on that. Well, we could take that and apply that. But my recommendation is you take that to the next level. Turn that insight into action. And what I mean by that is if they give you, say, a nine or a 10, the next step in that journey is to actually ask them to refer someone that mm-hmm. they might know. I mean, this would be huge for realtors, mm-hmm. uh, referring business into the to the mortgage originator. Right. Uh, the second would be leave a rating, leave a review, maybe on Yelp or, or Google Places, mm-hmm. Facebook. Do you have any, um, I'm, I'm just curious because you obviously see the whole world of digital uh, products and things like that. And I've been talking about online re- reviews a lot more and um, any recommendations in terms of a best practice or a software tool out there? Cause there's a bunch of them. And again, this is just totally organic conversation. So I'm just curious what you see. I think the best practices reviews are really critical in the buying journey, mm-hmm. regardless of if someone actually is reading every single review ever, ever written about you, Google yourself, Google your name, Google your company's name and see what reviews pop up mm-hmm. when in a Google search. And what are those stars looking like? Because we're today making inferences 
to a potential brand experience based upon, is it three stars? Is it four stars? Is it five stars? And so I think the idea of asking for reviews has to be part of that kind of bottom of the funnel post-conversion. Once we've onboarded them, then that gets into the advocacy piece of that. So, 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 so people have heard that for quite a while now, right? The online reviews, but I, I, um, I'm wondering how, how critical people need to take that because, you know, I posed that question. Well, here's the question. It's like, what's the brand perception of you, right? And nowadays, as you said, people are going to get online and look you up and all that stuff. And they're going to make some assumptions based on that quick glance of how many stars, how many, how many reviews in total, right? So maybe, maybe just briefly talk about how, you know, I call that the social, the, the currency of trust online today. So yeah. elaborate a little bit more about why that's so important that you got to build your online presence of reviews. Well, I mean, it comes back to just the, the way that we shop and buy has changed. Um, I mean, in, in the old days, uh, Google actually did a study called the zero moment of truth about this a couple of years ago. And they looked at a lot of different verticals. They looked at um, automotive, they looked at healthcare, they looked at retail, they looked at financial services. And what they found is that in the old days, pre-internet, there's really three points on this buying journey. There was some type of stimulus to where it was, uh, maybe it was a postcard, um, maybe it was a newspaper ad that drove some type of action uh, to, to make a purchase. Right. And then once that purchase was done, say it was the mortgage was funded, life goes on. Yeah. That's it, done. Well, today, what Google found is they have the stimulus, which is the same as before, but the way that we create that stimulus has changed. But before they get to that point of purchase, now we have what's called Google's coined the zero moment of truth. Mm-hmm. That's what we would consider the consideration stage of the buying journey. Hmm. So you can take this idea of ratings, reviews, stars, and see how that applies. Is Just think, just remove yourself out of the mortgage originator role and hmm. just into the hearts, into the minds of a consumer. Think about how you shop and buy and Maybe it's on Amazon. Maybe it's on Open Table. You're looking for a restaurant. Maybe it's TripAdvisor. And I think reviews have kind of gotten a bad rap because there's been a lot of fake reviews, yeah. fake news. Yeah. But it's still important to take that to the next level. Turn those reviews, turn those into an actual video story of how you've helped someone. That's where real power can be made. Testimonials, video testimonials. Hmm. So. I mean, in terms of somebody listening right now who wants to start getting more online reviews, I, I think you would suggest that that needs to be integrated into your overall process. You have to ask for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally just got off a call with a client, um, their financial institution in Florida, to where they're now working with, and they do mortgages. So they're working with their mortgage officers, they're working with their loan officers, and even their frontline staff, encouraging people who've have it, who have had a positive experience to go onto Yelp, to go onto Facebook, to go onto Google Places, and they're actually creating some type of inner competition to where those that get the most reviews in, say, a 30, 60, 90-day period are, are actually being incentivized. And it comes down to not just the most, but the most positive. Hmm. Now, they have some, some measures in place to where they're not gamifying this and getting a lot of fake reviews. Yeah. These have to be from a, from a real person that they've actually been able to help. Right, right. Can you uh, help for those that are listening or watching here kind of articulate any of those kind of milestones in the process that you know, you've worked with your clients to for, for best practices? You're talking about on the review side? No, sorry. Switching gears back to kind of front end through the process, all that stuff. Okay. So milestones. Um, 
Facebook ad, some type of stimulus, Google ad, uh, referral from uh, a third party. That then drives traffic, say, to a website landing page. Um, instead of just asking for the direct call to action to apply, we need some type of secondary or transitional call to action because they might not be in that stage of applying. So if we offered something of value, maybe it's a, a home buying or mortgage buying guide, maybe it's a checklist or just something to help get them prepared to where we're exchanging something of value for a name and an email address. That name and email address then get put into our marketing automation or our CRM system. We then have a workflow of emails that are ready to guide them or nurture them over a 30, 60 day period. Based upon their digital behavior, their activity, we could score that with that CRM system. Mm-hmm. And so we know who the real hot prospects are because there are really three different types of leads. There's a marketing qualified lead, a sales qualified prospect, and a sales qualified lead. I'm really most interested in the bottom two. Let the marketing automation of the CRM system determine who those people are based upon their behavior. As we get closer towards purchase, now we can get involved, phone call, conversation, uh, help get them down to the point of conversion. Post-conversion, now we need to have workflow set up. This is where you're at in the, in, in the mortgage process, day one, day two, day 15, day 30. And then once they close, the journey doesn't end there. That's where we have to come back, ask for the rating, ask for the review, ask for the referral. And do you generally find the adoption rate on this whole philosophy and process you know, pretty, pretty, pretty accepting? If one approaches it with an open mind, um, <laughs> old dog, new tricks thing. <laughs> it is. And I think what it boils down to is setting proper expectations. You know, this is a journey. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Mm. And so if you can get wins every step of the way and, and to measure your progress by looking at where you've come from, mm-hmm. not where you're going. Because if you look at where you're going and you're benchmarking, say, against Rocket Mortgage, mm-hmm. you're always going to feel overwhelmed. You're always going to feel frustrated. You're always going to feel defeated. And so if we measure our progress by looking behind at where we've come, mm-hmm. those little wins add up over time. Mm-hmm. So I like to tell clients, this is a marathon. Don't wear yourself out. Set proper expectations like when running a marathon um, and, and just get wins every step of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Every time we reference uh, Rocket Mortgage, all I can hear in the back of my head is those loan officers who, you know, would say, "Wow, the experience sucks <laughs> overall," and that it was, you know, it's really just one of the greatest marketing, you know, campaigns in the history of the world. <laughs> but it's it. But what they did is they addressed a pain point for consumers, yeah. and for the promise, the fulfillment on that, we know yeah. it's not reality. Yeah. Um, but rea- perception is reality. So if, yeah. if they're creating that reality for people, then we have to play within that those confines. Yeah, yeah. I was, wish I could remember. Somebody the other day was sharing the stats with me about uh, the uh, purchase percentage uh, rate of uh, Rocket Loans moving from refi to purchase and how, what percentage of their business is now purchase. I don't, I don't think it's even Rocket, though. I think we also have to kind of keep in mind to say like, um, like SoFi, right, mm-hmm. for millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, so, what some of these more digital oriented companies are doing and how they're, they're, they're really changing the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and I don't look at it as a threat. I just look at that as an opportunity for us to up our game from where we've been, because what got us to the point to where we're at today may or may not get us to where we want to go tomorrow. What do you mean? 
Oh, in terms of uh, like our success level as an originator? Exactly. Yeah. Like what got us to where we're at today may or may not get us to where we want to go tomorrow within our own personal success. Yeah. Well, it's like you and I talked about the other day, um, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? And now the tide's going out and some people are going to be stuck naked. Yeah. You, th- there's a, there's a phenomenon called digital Darwinism. Maybe you've heard of it. And basically what it is, it's where society and technology evolve faster than an organization or even a person hmm. can adapt. And we're, I think we're moving into the fourth industrial revolution. Hmm. And so just like any big change or transformation, it can really, there's three fears that we have to overcome. Mm-hmm. And that's fear of the unknown. Because we, we, where we're going, it seems kind of scary, particularly one who has built their career around right. uh, the legacy process. It's fear of change. And then it's fear of failure. And when I talk about fear of failure, what if we don't do anything? Mm-hmm. What happens? Hmm. There's a couple of thoughts. Um, what about that loan officer who's thinking like, you know what? I only got about five years left. I'm just hanging on, man. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it, it's, it's not only that. I'm seeing that at the, the executive level of even financial institutions. I, I feel that pain. Yeah. Uh, and, and I really am very empathetic to, to that. Uh, and it's try. Um, you don't know. Uh, what's, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, I love this exercise. Like, Get a sheet of paper, mm-hmm. say, put a, put a column right down the middle. Mm-hmm. And on one side, what's the worst that could happen if you at least experiment and try with mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Um, you get all those fears out on paper. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the paper, what's the best that can happen? And try to visually see where those fears are rooted in. And are there more opportunities that you've identified with taking an approach like this mm-hmm. and then that might help just them come to their own answer right. of, of what what path they should take forward mm-hmm. yeah that's that's actually good that's a good exercise yeah uh one would think that the, the the more compelling answers would be on the plus side of taking some action um and i guess exactly. with that said maybe the one of the last thoughts i have is um how do you respond to the, you know, the question that gets tossed around, whether it's real estate or mortgage, is technology going to displace the real estate agent, the mortgage loan originator? You know, we're seeing this massive rise of things like AI, right? Mm-hmm. And that could potentially disrupt that mortgage originator, that real estate agent. Um, my thinking is, is yes, we're going to lose thousands of jobs over the next 5, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's the fear mm-hmm. that you always hear in the news. Right. What no one ever talks about is what are the opportunities mm. that are going to be created yeah. from this displacement of jobs and because of technology, because of things like AI. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not going to say their job is going to be displaced but maybe their job or maybe the opportunities that they have, we can't even imagine what those look like today. Yeah. yeah. That's what's important to be aware of. We like to think we can. And often the answer to that is, well, you know, um, if, you know, the the loan officer role will be perhaps further, um, you know, mitigated or lessened and people will be more kind of salary driven than, you know, compensation based on volume and production. And that may come as I mean, who knows, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I still think, though, that we will have 
a loan officer, mortgage originator, or even a real estate agent. I think we will have those roles, but the processes that are on the back end of say fulfillment, for example, yeah. those might be continued to be streamlined and simplified to where mm. we might not need the, the day-to-day that we are doing right now. But people still look to people mm. for help, mm-hmm. for hope, and for guidance. And even in digital, it all has to come back to humanity. I'm seeing research today. All of these neobanks, all of these digital banks are actually trying to get people in touch with a human being. And mm. so there's this little bit of a paradigm shift of, oh, it was all digital. And I was kind of making this prediction five years ago. No, we need to use digital to get people in touch with people. So mm. I think we'll still have mortgage originators and loan officers and real estate agents. It's just the capacity and the way that they operate might look a little bit different than they, than it is today. Yeah. And I guess, you know, to the point about the millennial discussion is, you know, they're one that's a classic example of, you know, being more technology centric and they want, they, they still want that human being involvement, but only on their terms and when they're ready to in that process. Exactly. And what, what has happened, go back to the buying journey, awareness, consideration, maybe 80% of that was done digitally when they're at the point to where they feel like they need to reach out that's where that, that humanity, that's where that mortgage originator, that's where that loan officer comes back into play is to help get them the last, say, 20 yards of the field. Which goes to the other point, of course, about why it's important to, as a modern mortgage originator, to have a content strategy for online because we know that's how they're going to be engaging on that buyer journey and how they're evaluating us is by, you know, are we, are we like you said earlier the other day, you're like, stop selling and start helping. Help first, sell right. second. Yeah. It should be just a natural outcome, right? People should be attracted to want to work with you because you've educated me so much. That's exactly right. And that is the new world of selling that we're really talking about here. It really is. And I mean, kind of last antidote is um, one of my very first jobs was working at Old Navy. Uh, This was back in the late 90s. And Old Navy had just come to Houston. I was hired on the second round of hires and went through sales training with them. And what I learned back in the late 90s, still stands today. They said, the, when someone walks through that door, you go up, you greet them, you tell them hello, and then you offer to guide them around the store and literally stand by them as they shop. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true today, even digitally. And that's where we have to take a proactive stance um, in these people's lives, in their journeys, versus being reactionary. And so it is that content. It is that help first, sell second. And when we make that our mantra, I think that is where the biggest opportunities for growth can be gained over the next five, 10, 10 years or so. Hmm. That's funny. The consumer has wanted to be in control for a long time. You know, now they've been equipped to do so with technology and so forth. That's really, you know, it's funny that retail example, you made me think of the, the old adage of, you know, can I help you? No, just browsing. Right. And that's what people are doing online, man. They're browsing. Yep. I'm going to buy a home. They're going to then decide to engage with you and they're ready. That's cool. Good stuff. All right. Exactly. So, um, how can people reach out to you for more, more info? Where should they go to learn more about digital growth Institute? Uh, digital or just, uh, Google me, James Robert lay and uh, connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Yeah, you got a lot of good info on your website and stuff. So I'll put the links in the show notes, obviously, and people can dive in there. And um, hopefully there's some folks who want to uh, carry on the conversation and, uh, you know, um, perhaps uh, pair up and uh, do some work together. You're doing good work out there, man, for sure. 
Great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for letting me just kind of share and, and help your audience out. That's what I love to do. That's what it's all about, man. Bringing truth in mortgage marketing. So for you listeners, thanks for tuning in once again and uh, appreciate you leaving a review and we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents, butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list uploaded into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.